You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey everyone, you're listening to module 15 in the Ultimate House Hacking Guide for Denver. So this is gonna be our final episode in the Ultimate House Hacking Guide. And this is the a episode and also a chapter in the book that we put in there kind of, kind of last minute, because while we were going through there and getting the book written and getting the audio recorded, uh, I had a great opportunity to come up where I could partner with Jenny Bayless, who's an investor and investor-friendly agent down in Colorado Springs, and just the way we work, the way we think, it's all in alignment. And so it just made great sense to uh, partner up and work together. And that way she can kind of, you know, take on the springs and share the knowledge from the springs. And so in the book, Jenny wrote a chapter on the Colorado Springs market and now recording a podcast episode to talk about as well. Jenny, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today. Of course. And, you know, we won't go into a lot of high level details on the Springs because, I don't know, you know, probably a, a month or two before this podcast release, we did uh, five episodes on the Springs and we'll do more market updates in the future on there. But just from like a, a high level, give us like, you know, a two, three minute rundown on the house hacking market in Colorado Springs. So I really equate it very similar to Denver, um, just with a lower price point um, to enter. So, I mean, as we've kind of discussed before, Colorado Springs has a really good and diverse economy. There's military, there's tech, tourism, all those contribute to a, a really healthy and strong um, economy. And I think that it'll continue to grow down there. Um, it's consistently ranking high on best places to live. So that kind of, you know, contributes to the whole house hacking uh, strategy. And it's also consistently ranking high on um, the hottest housing market list. So I think considering that it has a good balance of, of live work types, type scenarios, I think that it makes itself a really good house hacking opportunity location. Yeah, and, and I think with the one of the first sense you said it, that's exactly what I've been kind of learning as I've been talking with you. And, you know, we've traded back and forth a lot of deal analyses that you've been running down there, a couple of properties under contract, and it's kind of, you know, talk and shop with you. Um, that's just, you know, very similar ratios and numbers, cash on cash return, cap rates to Denver, but just a lower price point, you know, lower rents, lower taxes, lots of lower stuff. But like, what is like, Give us an average, like what's the property or what's the price range for a typical house hack property you're seeing? I would say probably high twos to low threes would be kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So high twos to low threes. And we're often like, you know, mid threes to mid fours up here in Denver. Mm -hmm. I don't know what our, our median or average is, but I'd say it's probably around probably around the $4,000 mark here in Denver, just kind of doing some really rough math in my head. <laughs> yeah, the median um, overall for Colorado Springs uh, this summer was three sixty. Okay, that's for yeah. the whole like Springs market? Yes. Okay. Now, what about like, as you know, in Denver here, you know, we have a pretty sh low supply of multifamily and a lot of our house hackers are buying detached single family homes. What's it like in the Springs? I would say it's very similar. Um, I think that you're probably going to get your best bang for your buck by doing that same strategy in the Springs. Okay. Yeah. Now walk us through, cause I know in the uh, chapter on the book, you broke down uh, different geographic locations in the Springs. 
Can you run me and the listeners through those locations and kind of the opportunities you see in there as well? Definitely. So I see Colorado Springs as having um, really three kind of set geographic sub areas for house hacking. So the first one being central, southeast, maybe over to the airport. That's where you're going to find some of your older homes, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, in there. And what I've noticed in that region is that it's probably going to be your best price to rent ratio, especially if you're going to utilize the room by room strategy. And then additionally, I think there's room to build equity in that location also, because um, there's a lot of poorly utilized space, you know, in these older homes, you might find rec rooms or bonus rooms that I think that if you're able to keep the same footprint of the property, but be able to buy, uh, to build a bedroom, possibly even a bathroom extra that will go a long way, um, while you're house hacking. So you could, you know, turn that rec room into a bedroom bathroom and be able to command more rent while you're living there as a house hacker. Um, if you do the room by room strategy, if you decide not to do the rent by the room strategy after you move out and convert it into just a single single rent rental, you can ask for more in rent because you now have a higher bedroom and bathroom count. So that's kind of what I would um, recommend for that area. And in these parts, of, uh, in this part of town, um, you mentioned it's kind of like the layouts of, I know here in Denver, we we like different pockets of, of Denver just because the builders back in the 60s built it a, a really good way for exactly what you said. So for these conversions, are they fairly like, you know, simple, lower cost conversions? Is it like, hey, add an egress window or add some drywall? Like, you know, for typical things, like what's the extent to adding a bedroom or bathroom in terms of like work and how serious of a project is it? So we actually ended up doing this, not not for a house hack, but for one of our rental properties that we own. Mm. We bought the house. It was a three bed, one and a half bath. We bought it for $165,000, which of course, this is a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, and then we saw that the, in the basement area is a tri-level. There's a rec room. And then there, the powder room was also right next to the utility closet. So it had really easy access to the water line and everything. So we were able to convert the rec room into a bedroom and it actually already had a legal um, egress window in there. And then um, for the bathroom, we were able to add a, a stand-up shower, like a three-quarter bath. So now it's a four-two. So, so that sounds like, I mean, probably didn't cost you too much money to do that, right? It did not, no. Just okay. really adding a wall and then a shower, essentially. Okay, I mean, so... A few grand if you're on the high side, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Great. Now, what about some other parts of town? So if we're going to then move to probably the west side of town slash downtown Memorial Park, that would be the next segment that I would kind of uh, branch off. And I think that this part of town is probably best for what you consider a traditional house hack, a multifamily um and that's mostly due to the zoning of this area. So you're more likely mm. to find R2, R4 zoned uh, land and property down down there. So just like detached homes on R2 or R4 lot? Mm-hmm. Have, yeah. have they started like, you know, you've probably you know, been to like the highlands and parts of Denver where there's a lot of like the, the 6250 lots, there are R2s and people scrape and build up duplexes. 
Is any that going on down there yet? I haven't seen too much of that. I'm kind okay. of waiting for that or slot homes or something like that to to start popping up, but I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah. What about, um, oh, in your notes, I don't know if it's this part of town, you had mentioned Airbnb for one of the parts of town. Yeah, so I think that um, this part of town would probably lend itself best for an Airbnb house hack. And of course, I'd want to caveat with the fact that um, Colorado Springs has really started restricting its Airbnb regulations. So it's constantly changing. And I would say it's constantly changing to be more restrictive. So my general rule of thumb that I tell everyone is underwrite the property as a long-term rental, um, utilizing it in that capacity. And then while you're living in it, if you are able to Airbnb house hack, you know, the other unit or a room or however you want to do it, go ahead and take advantage of that opportunity while you can, but always underwrite the property as a long-term rental because we don't know when, you know, the legislation will become even more restrictive at that point. Yeah. And I think so, especially like that's how often, you know, we underwrite properties up here is, Hey, if you want an Airbnb, um, cause a lot of times it's, I just don't think the extra work is worth all the extra couple of dollars a month. That's a lot of my clients think as well. So, but some will do, but when they move out, they plan on doing a long-term rental. Is that kind of what you're suggesting in the Springs as well? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was what, I mean, we're recording this in August of 20, yeah, 2020. Um, it was like back in like December 19 or January 2020 is when those, those rules changed in the Springs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And definitely, like, I know we won't get into the nitty gritty on there because, as Jenny said, they got, you know, their their detail and they're evolving. But make sure you understand it and definitely, you know, do your research on Google um, <laughs> and read up on them. Because I, I remember reading them and they sounded, you know, Springs went from like, hey, the Airbnb haven to now, oh, if you're not grandfathered in, it's, it's pretty darn restrictive now. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, what about um, what about like uh, the other parts of town? So the third uh, area that I would probably segment off is northern Colorado Springs. And if you kind of drive down the Powers Corridor, you're going to see a ton of new homes popping up, newer homes that are already there. Um, it's just kind of the new part that that the city is getting built up. Um, and I think it's very close to Peterson Air Force Base, a lot of the tech companies, a lot of the government contractors. And then on top of that, um, you're actually seeing a lot of Denver commuters. So there's a lot of people that live in Colorado Springs, whether it be for, you know, the outdoor activities, the cost of living, and then they commute up to Denver. So it's kind of a good pathway up there. So what I would recommend for that area is, also, the room rent by the room strategy would work. It's not going to be as good of a return as if you move down to the central southeastern location that we were just discussing, but it would be very good to offset your, your living expenses if you rented by the room. And then on top of that, since the homes are much newer, you're probably going to have lower maintenance, lower capex at first. So that's just something to consider. And then on top of that, the homes are typically uh, bigger. So if you wanted to utilize that multi-generational house hack, you would probably have the opportunity to do it in this region because you're going mm. to have a big basement area that you could convert into, um, you know, a separate living quarters. 
Great. Now, I know in the book, and we'll just kind of, we'll run through these numbers. You you did a deal analysis, since we did quite a few deal analyses on the podcast and the book. Uh, you know, you did one for the Springs as well. So I'm going to share my screen. And then if you guys listen to podcasts, these are in the show notes or, you know, on the blog post, click the show notes. They're in the book as well. Or if you, you know, can't find it, then just email me or Jenny will get it to you. But can you see my screen, Jenny? I can. All right. So I am scrolling down here. Again, we try to keep things simple. We're using, you know, we're using Joe's spreadsheet again, um, kind of keep things consistent. So I've got it up here on my screen, Jenny. So kind of walk us through this right now. Yeah. So this is an example of something that I just found on the MLS uh, back in Q3. So a couple months ago when we, when we were writing this chapter and the property uh, already had a kitchenette and a second entrance. So I thought that this would be a really good example for a house hack because we could convert it into a second living space. And then on top of that, it was zoned appropriately to, to do that. Um, it was zoned at R4. So having a, a two family setup uh, would be legal for that. So what I went ahead and did was budgeted $10,000 to properly convert the home from a three bed, two bath to one unit that was a two bed, one bath and one unit that was a one bed, one bath. Okay. And so $10,000 is pretty cheap for that conversion. Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming this is a detached single family. That's correct. And what part of town is this central, west side or northern? Downtown. Mm -hmm. Downtown. Okay. Yep. Perfect. And so you've underwritten here, you have two units of the spreadsheet, 5% down payment, 315 purchase price, Standard, you know, five thousand dollar ballpark for acquisition costs, fifteen hundred and change for loan cost. So, and then with the repair cost, all in for thirty two thousand three hundred dollars, which is yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So, without those repair <laughs> costs, you're in the low twenties. With the repair costs, you're in yeah, you're in for you know thirty two thousand dollars, which is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, and at the time you underwrote it, it was, you know, interest rates at 3%. Now they've even dropped more since then, yeah. but we'll keep it 3%. Um, so you're ballparking $1,100 in rent for the the bigger unit and $900 for the lower unit? Yeah. So this analysis is taking into account once the house hacker is nomaded out of the property. Okay. Um, so if we, if we were to just quickly uh, run through while they're living in the property, um, even if they wanted to live in that two-bedroom unit and just rent out the one-bedroom unit for the $900 a month, um, you know, if we considered all of their costs, we're looking at about $600 out of pocket uh, to, to live in this property. And then if they wanted to rent out that second bedroom, probably about $500 a month. So now we're looking at about $100 a month in living expenses to live in this property while, while they're house hacking it. Yeah, so. I mean, so that's... That is good. definitely reducing living expenses. <laughs> yes, I would say so. Yeah. So then when they move out, um, assuming that they rent that the two-bedroom unit as, as a whole, um, that's sort of what this analysis is, is looking at. So we also took the assumption that they're going to self-manage it just because, um, you know, house hacking, they probably want to be able to optimize uh, their expenses in that, in that regard. So... Um, yeah, if we look down the rest of the analysis, uh, property taxes are pretty low, eleven hundred. We just assumed fifteen hundred dollars for insurance because now it's a duplex. Um, 
And honestly, mm-hmm. if we look at the rent rates, I think that those prices are really conservative. I think that you could probably get a hundred to $150 more a month per unit. Um, but we just wanted to take the middle of the road, um, amount in that regard. I like that. And you got 8% for reserves and $500 a year for landscaping mm-hmm. in addition to that. And then kind of go into the, you know, we're on the, looking at screenshots right now, but this is the cash flow tab of the spreadsheet here. Um, walk us through these numbers. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't mind. So um, just one other thing to mention is that we were conservative with our um, increases in terms of annual rent and appreciation. Historically, Colorado Springs has seen 7% um, appreciation for the value of the home, 4% um, rent increase. So we underwrote 3 and 5% for those. So I think... Um, I think this is really conservative, but, um, so if we take the net operating income, we're at about 18,000 minus your mortgage payments, your, uh, mortgage insurance, because remember we're only putting 5% down. Um, and you put in the spreadsheet to pay it monthly, not upfront. That's correct. And so now we're looking at almost $2,000 annual cash flow before, before taxes, um, which would give you a 5.7% cash on cash, a 5.6% cap rate. Um, and if we're looking at the, the first year return on investment, um, it, that's what considers depreciation, cash flow, depreciation, debt pay down. We're at over 80% return on our original uh, 5% down. I think for the appreciation, I think you assumed a, a, you said a 5% annual appreciation, right? That's correct. Okay. So I want to kind of talk about these numbers with you here and just kind of think out loud with you as well, because it's always you know, good to point out that, um, you know, even if you factored in property management, mm-hmm. you would still be at a positive cash flowing property by a few hundred dollars a year, just mm-hmm. doing some quick math. Um, Included, you're probably down like a, a high four or five cap rate, a high four to five-ish cap rate then, which we said a lot of times what we're seeing right around Denver, those high fours to low five cap rates, we under property management. And it's all very similar returns, just, yeah, it's a lower price point. Mm-hmm. And of course, we can always manipulate the PMI number. You can prepay it. Um, and of course, the spreadsheet here is estimating $107 a month. As we all know, probably by now, since I'm a broken record on this, well, you'll know those final numbers once you go to a contract and the lender will kind of tell you, hey, here, here's the estimated cost for all that. So you'll know it. But oftentimes, I mean, what we're seeing in Denver and probably the Springs, Jenny, is a lot of times uh, people's actual MI is coming in lower than our estimate on the spreadsheet. Right. Which is always a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that's the way I like to, to look at things. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons we hit it off well is because we run numbers on the conservative side and always, you know, hopefully are pleasantly surprised a year or two later. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this is great. I mean, yeah, so all in a good property, you know, you can live there for practically free. If you rent out one unit, rent out the, the other bedroom, you're at a hundred dollars a month in living expenses, which is, you know, dirt cheap. <laughs> I doubt rooms are that cheap in the Springs to rent for hundred dollars a month. Um, <laughs> I know in Denver, they're not. So I assume the Springs are the, is the same way. Um, so, I mean, yeah, great market of house hacking. You still go out there and find properties that, uh, you know, you find a good property, you can put very little down and still have, you know, a cash flow property once you move out, which is phenomenal. So one thing as we wrap up here, I'll mention, because we mentioned this on some of the previous podcasts we're doing, um, is that 
you are running a, I think you're sending out three emails a week to just kind of do different deals in Colorado Springs. Now they're not all house hacking, some are house hacks, some are investments, you know, condos, single family homes, duplexes, but you're doing that I think every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? That's correct. Yeah, and so we've gotten really good feedback on there. If you guys are interested in kind of just seeing what the numbers are like down there, email me uh, or email Jenny or just go to the website and you'll see uh, springs in the top navigation bar. And then if you drop down, you'll see something that says email list or deals list or something. If you click on there, you can join it. But again, if you get confused, just email me or Jenny. And I'm kind of going through my agenda here, Jenny. I, I hit all my topics and questions for you. Anything you want to throw in there before we wrap up? No, I think this is a pretty, you know, comprehensive, quick overview of, of the Colorado Springs house hacking market. And, yeah. Um, I think it's a great opportunity. I really do. Yeah, awesome. Well, Jenny, I appreciate it. Again, if you guys want to see some, you know, live deal flow, join that email list. And if you got any questions on the Springs market, you know, feel free to reach out to Jenny. Her email will be in the blog post on the website. Or if you know, I know how sometimes it's hard to find stuff on websites. Always email me, Chris at Denver Investment Real Estate, and I'll connect you guys. Jenny is a wealth of knowledge down there. She owns quite a few rental properties herself, so she has her finger on the pulse. All right, Jenny. Well, thank you for joining us. And the listeners out there, thank you for listening to this. And this will officially wrap up our entire, I think we're up to like a 15-part series now um, on the house hacking guide. So we'll definitely have more episodes in the future in house hacking, deal analyses, more topics. But this kind of ends this, you know, blitz on house hacking we're doing. So I appreciate you guys listening. Feedback, questions, reach out to me, reach out to Jenny. Uh, you need a copy of the book. It's on Amazon. Reach out to us. We can get you a copy. All right. Thanks, Jenny. And thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.